right, guys, what is going on? Utilizing my last day without my beautiful wife at home, uh, getting a lot of stuff done. But one of the things that you really do realize is, you know, distance really does make the heart grow fonder. And, you know, spending a little bit of time away is something that I do think Marie and I really look forward to a little bit. And after a few days, you know, there's there's a big, um, you know, kind of hole and a void. And you do realize and you become more grateful for how much Maria adds to my life and both in terms of, um, you know, how much she does around the house, but how much she uh, is a social outlet for me and somebody to talk to and how much you miss out on that when they're gone. So if you guys, you know, spend a lot of time around people, your kids, your husband or wife, your girlfriend or boyfriend, uh, you know, whatever it is, do think every now and again about taking four or five days away from each other just to have that refresh. And I think that that's something that does get sort of lost is we always try to take family vacations and we always take, you know, we're always doing things together. And typically the older you get, the more you're doing those things together. Now, obviously Maria and I are a little bit different because we work together all the time and we spend a lot of time together. However, I do think that if you don't have that time away, sometimes you don't necessarily have the gratitude towards those things. So today what we're going to talk about is some tactical things. That's tactical thing number one. But we're going to talk about some tactical things as it pertains to personal development. And I've had a couple really interesting conversations this week with different people about the topic of personal development. And obviously, that's, I think, what we're doing here on this podcast. If we were to put it into a genre, right, it would fall into the personal development genre. But what I want you guys to think about is personal development is the first step. It is dipping our toe in the water of what I consider to be a three-step process. So today, I want to talk a little bit about what that three-step process is And for those of you guys who have been listening to this podcast, it's crazy. I was thinking about this the other day. We've been doing this podcast for almost a year and a half now, which is just mind blowing. It's crazy. I never, never thought I would ever stick with this. Never thought that it would be something that people listened to or enjoyed. And, um, and so, you know, now we're, I think we're over 50,000 downloads and listens. Um, so just unbelievably grateful to be surrounded by people who are willing to listen and willing to work on themselves. But for those of you guys who have listened to every episode or those of you guys who have been following along and seeking out new things to read, new things to listen to, new ways to educate yourself and grow and develop both physically and mentally, what I want to start to give you guys is some pieces to the next step, some next piece of the puzzle, I guess you would say. So if step one is personal development, we take that, I look at that as that's input. Okay. So what I start to see in one of the flaws that is a, a very, very prevalent in this quote unquote new thing of personal development is people get consumed by input. And they think I need to find more books. I need to read more. I need more suggestions. I need more recommendations. I need, you know, all these things. I need to keep taking in more input, more, more, more. And the problem is, is input for input's sake doesn't really do you anything. So constantly reading, constantly listening to podcasts, constantly taking in without these next two steps, I think is a lost cause. I think you're going to start to have things and your brain's going to start to get jumbled and you're going to have great thoughts, potentially actionable thoughts 
desirous values that you want to take away or virtues, things that you listen to and you're like, yeah, I want to do X, Y, and Z, or I want to be a person who that's a part of their character. I want to do this. And it, and it, happens in the moment when you read it. Maybe you even highlight it or take a picture of it when you're reading it. Or when you're driving and listening to a podcast, you think and you're like, yeah, that's such a good thought. I want to re-listen to that podcast or I want to clip that little section, which is something that podcasts need to do better with. You need to be able to clip little sections of podcasts that are like quotables. But what I think about is the next step is something that if you guys have been in input mode for a while, you need to really, really focus on if you've been doing and if you've been doing properly or if you've been doing it all. And the second step I call sorting. And what I think about it as is, is input is like a bunch of puzzle pieces, right? And they're all just scattered onto this huge table, okay? All of them have a purpose. All of them have value. Some pieces are big, some pieces are small, some nuggets are really valuable, right? They're, they're the keystones, they're the corner pieces of your puzzle. And just adding more puzzle pieces onto the table really doesn't do a lot for you, right? It makes your puzzle potentially bigger. It gives you a wider possibility. But every now and again, you need to stop and you need to sort the corners and the edge pieces. You need to sort the pictures and the colors that are similar over here and get them get every get all your thoughts organized into three or four different piles. And then we'll talk about how that goes into the third set. So, how do we do this? How do we sort? And this is something that I've been really really paying a lot of attention to lately and honing in my ability to sort the information quickly that I'm taking in so that I can start to take second and third steps with that input and start to take some action on it or at the very least make sure that I catalog the important bits of information so that there is additional value and I'm actually utilizing all of the input for growth sake. And so hopefully that analogy makes sense to you. It's a really good analogy that has helped me sort of visualize a little bit about this. And so what we're going to talk a little bit is about meditation. And there's other ways to sort. We'll talk about in a second. But meditation is really the skill of taking all of those jumbled puzzle pieces and getting them sorted into the right categories, right? So let's think about this. And one of the things we don't think about, guys, is is how our brain is working. How we're how are we controlling our thoughts? How are we thinking, period? This is what our resiliency seminar is doing. This is one of the main goals of it. We have our second one coming up here in a couple of weeks. If you guys are interested, I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, it's great work in spending a little bit of you know time signing up for something to spend some forced time, I guess you would say, just paying attention to how you think. And so this is what the Resiliency Seminar talks about is how much time are you spending on paying attention to your thoughts and paying attention to your thought processes. And if something is bothering you, are you actually sitting down and thinking about why it's bothering you? Should it be bothering you? And getting on a path to fixing it. And so what I think about is this. At any given time, when I sit down and I start meditating, what I think about is I've got just all of these layers 
things that are, you know, the it's the uh, uh, seven habits of highly affected people. It's the four quadrants, right? There is urgent and unimportant. They're the, you know, they're the fires that kind of look us in the face. They're the passive aggressive emails and all the other bullshit that comes across our desk that even two weeks down the road aren't going to matter at all, let alone two years down the road aren't going to matter at all. And the other four quadrants. And if you guys have never read that book, I highly recommend it. You can dive deeper into that chapter. But what we think about then is we've got these different layers of thought processes that are going on in our brain at any given time. And really, there's a couple of things that we need to really be focused on that if there's too many layers or some of the layers on top that are unimportant are too pressing or they're taking up too much brain space, right? Maybe you're somebody at work is really stressing you out and it's really just not that big of a deal. But because it's like that human drama and interaction and like it's making your blood hot and it's just an emotional reaction, it's taking up all of your brain space. And when that stuff starts to take up your brain space, we start to live in agitation and frustration and we get into a downward spiral when it should not ever be something that causes a downward spiral for us. There are things that can cause downward spirals where you're like, okay, that that probably should cause a downward spiral. You know, the the unfortunate death of, you know, a parent or a loved one and an untimely, you know, death in that regard is always going to put you into a downward spiral. Right. That's just that's the nature of the beast. But Sally from HR sending you a passive aggressive email should not ever be the beginning of a downward spiral for you. And so when I start meditation, usually the first five minutes, my mind is loud. I'm thinking through all of these rapid thoughts and there's stuff that's bothering me and I might be agitated or annoyed or I might be in a glum mood. There's all these different things in the first five or six minutes is just like settling in and my brain's just working its way through that stuff. After about 12 minutes or so, my mind has sort of started to quiet the noise of the unimportant things, quiet the noise of the things that are pressing me but don't need to. And they start to focus on, you know, a couple of things. Typically, it's all things that are maybe bigger picture focused. So for me, it's my marriage, right? It's it's stuff with Maria. It's relationship oriented. It's things that I want to do for her or things that I want to do for other people in my life. Gifts that I want to give, letters that I want to write, actions that I want to take to make their life better or easier. It's bigger picture stuff as it pertains to business. It's new programs, new possibilities, new age groups, um, you know, new branding stuff. How do we get our message out there? Because I believe in it so deeply. How do we get that out to more people? And it's also really, really big on where am I at mentally? Where are my virtues and my values? And what things am I doing from a big picture sense to get closer to that right now. It really helps me get to a place of kind of goal setting. And what you find is one of those three categories is going to become sort of the singular thought. And then one of two things happens. I sort that down to this one thought. And once I get to that one place, I either immediately like spring my eyes open and I go and take action, which is literally what this podcast is right now. I was just meditating. 
I had this thought process for how I wanted to do a podcast on input sorting and output. And I was like, that's perfect. That's exactly how I want to word that. I came up with the puzzle analogy, all these things while I was meditating. I come right here. I take action on it immediately. I do the podcast. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to prep it and I'm going to post it. And that's it. Right. So that's one thing. The other thing is I sort it and I get to this sort of peace of mind and I almost drift off into like a dream state. And if you spend your first few minutes meditating, then usually you can get into like these weird, like really nice, deep dream states. And this is what I I think a lot of people call a power nap. It's 15 to 20 minutes, maybe a little bit longer than that. You sort your thoughts and your brain quiets itself and it gets to a creative, uh, creative state or a dream state. And when you wake up, you're like, oh, man, I feel so refreshed. Those little power naps do so much for me. And the reason why is when you lay down, when you went to go to sleep, you were mentally exhausted. You were at decision fatigue. You were at overload. You were stressed. You had too many layers jumbling up and and piling up in your mind. They just create these cobwebs. And what you did is you sat down and your brain quieted itself and you got a clarity of mind from that state. You didn't actually sleep. You didn't actually rest. So you're not refreshed from laying down and getting into a REM state, right? You are refreshed because you cleared the cobwebs, You did a little bit of work to sort out what was going on in your brain that was causing this mental fatigue. And one of the things that I worry about a lot of people is they don't ever do this. Ever. They don't ever think about how they're thinking. They don't ever think about anything that's going on in their head and they don't learn how to talk about how to talk to themselves how to talk about it to other people and how to organize and control their thoughts and that's scary i think it's scary if you talk about like take it on the macro end if you take it to like society in general or politicians it's like if they don't know how to control the thoughts in their heads they're just reacting all day long it's just a constant state of reacting and being emotional and they're not taking time to sit down and think tactically and strategically and this is what this allows you to do This time working to a clear mind, working to a quiet mind is what allows you to make the right strategic moves and pull you into an upward spiral when otherwise something like Sally's email might in the past have pulled you into a downward spiral. So this is the second piece. Okay, I call it sorting. I think meditation is a big one. Meditation gets a bad rap. I think sometimes it doesn't have to be a meditation can be going for a walk right or or walking your dog in just nature and quiet it can be going for a drive and not turning on the radio and just thinking and for those of you guys who have ever done that or felt that that's what meditation is that's what it is is if you drive in silence you are just paying attention to your own thoughts and what you guys probably know, same thing with showers, right? If you sit in a long shower, a lot of times it's the best place for ideas. 
because you're not really doing anything. Like you're, you're at this point where all you can do outside of like, if you're doing something in the shower, obviously like you can shave and, you know, shampoo and, and, you know, all those other things in the shower. But if you're just taking a hot shower after a long day, just to relax a little bit or a bath, if you just sit there in silence, don't play music, don't play a podcast, don't listen to something on the drive home every now and again. If you've been in input state all day long, your brain needs a little bit of time to sort things out and take that time, accept that pace, because what you're going to find is you start to actually hone in on the important things that you've been in taking, whether that's relationships and people at a seminar or whether that's podcasts and books and your own personal development. It'll help give you clarity of what you should actually be taking away from those things. The second piece of sorting, guys, is talking with other people. And I was lucky enough yesterday, Coach Brian, if you guys remember him, uh, was driving. I think we talked for about two hours on the phone. And we were literally just kind of starting with like nothing. We had no real purpose for our conversation. He asked me a little bit of a, you know, leading philosophical question and kind of off we went about how we felt about certain things. And what you start to see is as you start to speak some of those things into existence, as you have that counterplay with somebody else who's thinking about the same thing, they're clearly thinking about it differently. And so they can bring objections to your thought process. They can add value to your thought process. Well, I read this book. I think you should read it because it really does help you address the question that you have with that. And that interaction back and forth is what will help you sort out your own kind of input, your own thought processes. And we're not regurgitating, right? We don't want to like read a book and regurgitate quotes. We don't want to just take in and then and then pump it back out. We want to take it in and make it our own, think about it, how we want to do that, and then articulate that out to other people. And obviously this takes a relationship or a friendship that's maybe on a little bit of a different level. It's one of the things I've been very lucky about since we've started the podcast is to be engaged in more of these conversations that do sit inside of this little bit of a deeper realm, right? If we think about personal development and input, podcasting, reading, those things are level one. Well, this is level two. Paying attention to how you are sorting and organizing the information that you have taken in. And so it takes, you know, I'd call this a level two thinker, right? Somebody who has organized the input that they have taken into logical, rational thought and seeing if it's actually something that they want to continue to pursue. And then our third level, guys, on this is output. And that's what this podcast is. And it's not anything where, you know, at level three, right, when we're doing that, that you're ever going to be right. You don't need to be right. It's not about being right or wrong like that. Everything is a varying degree of right or wrong. We need to remove that thought process as it pertains to output. All output is, is taking the information that you have taken in and that you have sorted and organized And bringing that now to a group of people that you think it might be helpful or beneficial to. And so for those of you guys who are teachers or coaches, those of you guys who are parents or maybe are influential in your job from a leadership position, maybe you guys run meetings, maybe you guys do other things like maybe you're a project manager, you're creating new projects all the time. The ability for you 
to be clear minded and take these things that you are working on. So let's say you just read Mindset by Carol Dweck and you've thought about it and you've thought about how important a growth mindset is, but maybe you're teaching second graders. Well, Carol Dweck's book is really perfect for that. However, the language in it and growth mindset stuff, if you start saying that stuff to second graders, they don't know what the hell you're talking about. They don't get that. It's over their head right now. And so then you're sorting and organizing what your thought process is going to be is how do I take that input from mindset and I'm going to sort and organize my ideas, my analogies, my thoughts, the epiphanies to use Maria's word that I'm having from that. And I need to then output it to second graders. And you can see how there's a stepped process there. But that then is how you start to get to that third level is input for input's sake does you no good, right? It will, yes, maybe develop you and your own thinking as a person. However, if you just internalize that and you never talk about it with other people, you never mentor anybody else or help anybody else with that material, what's the point of doing it? If you're just, I can tell you, I can promise you, even if you're just helping yourself, even if you're acting entirely selfishly, it is still going to feel and be short-lived unless you start to share some of that with other people, unless you start to pay it forward. And that's, that's where Brian and I really left it is, and this is why I tell all of our coaches all the time, have a loud voice. Be somebody who is influencing other people. On the small level, you should at the very least be doing it to your spouse, your friends, and your kids. You should constantly be trying to think about all this stuff that we're inputting, all these podcasts, all these ideas, all these principles, all these thoughts. I should at least be trying to sort and organize those so that when my friend has something horrible happen to them, I am prepped and ready to help them through that situation, to understand the signs of a downward spiral and help pull them out of that, to make some suggestions and have some conversations to help. Same thing with your kids. Your kids are going to go through things where they do stupid stuff, where they, they have problems, where they struggle. Your reaction to that that should be something you should be thinking about now. Like if you have a nine-year-old, you should be thinking about what you're going to do when that 16-year-old goes out and drinks and drives and has unprotected sex and doesn't call you to get a ride home and does all these other things. Like you need to be thinking about how are you going to do your best to prepare them for that situation? How are you then when that situation happens, how are you going to react? Because if you don't work your way all the way through that thought process ahead of time, when you know that that's a possibility, if you don't take in things that can help you and sort and organize them into how you're going to articulate that, what you're going to do is react emotionally. That's always our first inclination as humans. And I can tell you that when a 16-year-old comes home and is doing those things, you know, drinking and driving, you know, taking drugs, doing whatever, having unprotected sex, doing these things that we know are stupid, but so many people do, your reaction is going to define exactly how they take the next step. 
And if you react emotionally, if you react incorrectly, if you don't take the right steps, if you can't be the clear headed adult in that situation to help the process forward, then your chances of coming out of that successfully are very, very slim. And I think this is true across any analogy. It's the same thing. So you think about, I want to mentor the community of friendship as it's as a whole into being more diligent with their own thought process, having a good mentality as it pertains to health and wellness so that they can be happier and they can be healthier and more capable members of our community. And when I think about that, one of the biggest things that I need to do then is I need to constantly be taking in a variety of different sources of information that could potentially be helpful and then taking those things that are in an entirely different platform. I'm reading a book called Skin in the Game right now by Nassim Taleb. Nobody would say that this pertains to health and fitness in any way, but I'm taking the principles that are discussed in that book. I sort and organize the thoughts, the values, the principles that he lays out. And then I, while I'm sorting and organizing, I'm thinking, how does this pertain to me? How does this pertain to us? How can I help people with this information? How can I help the people that I am designed, not designed, but that I am responsible to help? How do I help them with this information? And when you first start along personal development stuff, it's really, really easy, like really easy, right? Because there's a series of books that you can start to read in any situation to help you. And those books are, you know, tried and tested over years And, you know, it's like, okay, I, I, you know, I'm struggling financially and, you know, my wife is really struggling financially and we want to start to get in the right thought process of how we're going to get into a better financial place because this stress is really, really bad for our family. So you're going to read how to think and grow rich, rich dad, poor dad, and the million dollar makeover or whatever that Dave, Dave Ramsey book is, the, the. Yeah, seven-figure money makeover, something like that, right? They all have some weird catchy toe. But those three, and there's probably two others or three others I'm missing, but those three or four books, they are mindset-oriented books that are going to change the way that you start to think about money. And when you sit back and pull yourself away from them, it is going to help you create a system for you and your wife to have a similar, you know, verbiage and vocabulary when you're talking about the system of money that you want to create for you and your family so that you don't have this stressor anymore. And then you can take that and move it forward. And so I think in that regard, it is relatively easy. And I think that's true across a lot of things. What starts to become more challenging is as your job or role or whatever it is, wherever you're influencing people from, as that becomes more complex, more complicated, the more challenging this becomes because you're going to be reading age old books, um, you know, The Wealth of Nations and Darwinism and some of these other things. You're going to be trying to understand human psychology or some of this stuff on a little bit of a deeper plane, like deeper level, deeper playing field and taking yourself into more challenging sorting and organizing and significantly more challenging outputs. But what you start to see then is you start to become more impactful and a better leader from that development. 
And so as you guys are first starting, if you guys, let's say you guys, let's keep it the financial analogy. Let's say you guys are starting to take those steps and you are reading those books or you've just finished reading those books and you're starting to take these steps financially uh, with your family. Well, if that's where you are, then you wouldn't say right now that you are set up and ready to start doing, you know, hardcore financial analysis for an investment firm or a hedge fund, right? Clearly, you're not there yet. However, if you read those three books and you liked those three books and that stuff changed your family's life, changed your happiness, and you took from that like, wow, you know, I really saw how impactful that was and I really liked it. And I think I could help other families do something like that. So now you're going to go a little bit deeper. Maybe you're going to go back to school. Maybe you're going to get your master's of finance. Maybe you're going to do X and Y and Z. And you're going to take that and go to that deeper level to start to become more of an expert so that you can influence a wider range and wider variety of people. So the same analogy goes for a teacher, right? At first, you might start teaching and you might read, and man, this is, again, a little bit out of my playing field, but you might read How to Win Friends and Influence People, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and uh, Mindset, right? And you might read those three books. And, um, you know, again, there's probably two or three or four others that are inside of that boat that are, you know, relationships and educational. And how do I communicate with other people effectively and, uh, and do some of these different things to help my student population? And you might first read those just for your class and just, you know, I just want to help just these second graders. That's the impact that I want to have. But where that might go then is, wow, you know, I've seen this impact in my second graders since I've implemented some of these books. I want more. So I want to, so now I'm going to try to influence the whole school or the whole school district. And now I want to have a bigger, and now I'm going to start coaching and I want to impact my team and I want our team to see success. And so when you start to do that, now you've got to maybe start going to seminars or listening to other public speakers or reading books that are maybe outside of that realm to understand that next level of human psychology. Maybe you go back and you get a master's degree in behavioral sciences or whatever it is. And as you start kind of going down this path, hopefully you guys can see that there is an evolution to this. And this this idea of doing those things purely from an input perspective are very, very transparent. They're surface level, right? If you just start taking in, so let's say you're let's say you're a teacher. Really, let's just we can use either analogy. We'll use the teacher one first. Let's say you're a teacher and you just start listening to every podcast, right? You're listening to all of these educational podcasts, all of these leadership podcasts, all of these mindset and educational and team development and college prep and all these different things. And you're just listening to every podcast, you're reading every book and you're doing all these things, but you don't change your actual teaching style. You don't take it to the faculty or the school district. You don't actually work to bring that to more people. You don't even maybe even implement it in your own class. Do you guys see how then that input, all of that time is a bit of a waste, right? Because you've taken all this time to input all of these great ideas and possibilities into your head, but then you never sorted and organized them to be useful in your situation, 
And the same thing is true financially, right? And there is a large, large group of people. They watch all these YouTube videos and they read all these books and they read, you know, they study Warren Buffett and they do this and they do that and they read and they read everything. But then they don't actually put some of these things into practice, right? They still go out and buy a car they can't afford. They still go out and buy a house they can't afford or they buy knickknacks and things and material items that they don't need and immediately they're off their system. So all those books, all that investing knowledge, everything that they learned was useless. They didn't put it into practice. And this is what I would caution you guys with if you're listening to all these podcasts and you're reading all these books like I know a lot of you do, is you need to take a little bit of time, sort and organize those thoughts so that you understand how they're useful to you in your life and how you're trying to impact people. And then you also need to understand how you're going to take things to that next level if you want to, if you need to, because influencing greater groups of people is something that really is fundamental as we start to think about this personal development concept. Personal development is it's your why are you personally developing your well, you're personally developing to have a greater, more positive impact on other people's lives. There is no other reason to do this. There isn't. If you are the absolute maximum version of yourself, but you're in solitary confinement in a prison cell for the rest of your life, do you see how worthless that is? If you never share those ideas that you spent time thinking about, if you never articulate them into your own thought process, you never use your own creativity for them, they're worthless. And so if you guys aren't currently impacting people or using the information that you're taking in, I implore you to start thinking about how you can. And there's a lot of different ways that you guys can do this. But this, again, if we start thinking about what our bigger goal is, this is this gives you a bigger goal. You know, whatever we take it, there is a stepped process down the line where it is influencing and impacting other people. And let's take your own health and fitness, for example. Let's say you joined because you just you know got divorced and you didn't like the way you looked and you wanted to start feeling better and you wanted to get sexy again so you could get back in the dating pool so that you could meet somebody and you could feel good about yourself and all these different things. Well, that's maybe where you started. But once you get down the path, you're like, yeah, I like the way I feel. This is really, really good for me. And you start to see that that self-confidence that you gained and all those things. Maybe you do meet somebody now and that's a really high quality relationship because you met them when you were actually working on yourself. All these other things started to kind of move forward for you. Well, if that's where it goes and then as soon as you find somebody, you quit. Well, then your, your stepped process was not very meaningful, right? You got in better shape for something that really didn't have a great long lasting impact. And then your relationship's going to be on, you know, sketchy grounds because of that. As opposed to if you took those things and you encouraged your loved one to keep working out and you guys had that co thing together and you were able to talk to other couples about how exercise is something that has made your relationship better. It's made your sex life better. It's made you guys feel better. You're both happier. You argue less. And then maybe you start training a friend or you start bringing friends into the gym with you and you start influencing and impacting their lives that way. And you start teaching people how they can eat and exercise on their own. Now you're taking that thing that started all the way down here with 
this downward spiral or a potential downward spiral. And you turned it not only into an upward spiral for yourself, but you turned it into an upward spiral for other people. And once you start doing that in your life, you become an influential, impactful person in the lives of other people. And I would have to say that I think that that's probably what we're here for. I mean, there's not a lot of argument otherwise. Everything sort of comes back down to trying to positively influence other people and thus the world in a better way. And so hopefully that gives you guys a good mindset for this. We'll talk more about this as we start to go. And I'll try to start getting podcasts a little bit more designed tactically in terms of how to organize these things. But you guys choose the output structure. It could be writing a book. It could be writing blog posts. I welcome guest blog posts on our blog at Friendship all the time. I highly recommend that you guys write one. It's a great way for you to start to take some of the things that you've learned and try to impact other people. You can do a podcast. You can do a podcast and just if 10 people listen to it, great, awesome, share your thoughts. You can write a book. You can have just conversations, sit around a fire with somebody once a week and you know, call up a friend who's struggling and just have them come over and just talk with them and just tell them what you've been doing. Tell them how you feel like you've been getting better. But I hope that you guys can see how that impact starting to start, you know, have the end in mind with this. Understand that at the end of the line here is output to other people, output to your sons and daughters, your friends and your family first, and then output into the other spheres of influence that you have. Right. For most people, it's work next. For people outside of that, then starts to get into community stuff, right? It's it's country clubs, it's churches, it's bowling leagues, it's CrossFit, it's whatever. But start to think about your spheres of influence and start to think about how you can have a more positive impact on other people. Most of the people who are listening to this are doing incredible things. They're they're incredible people. And we, as as an incredible person, you need to start holding yourself a little bit more accountable uh, to how you're impacting and influencing other people. And, you know, a, a lot of different things for output can keep coming up. One that just popped into my head is how you're influencing and impacting the new people in the gym. That's something we talk about a lot, guys. But that's a big one. That's an easy one. Somebody new comes into the gym, they're next to you, they look clueless, they look scared, they're intimidated, they're not smiling, they're not laughing. That, boom, wide open for you. You know, hey, have you started listening to the podcast yet? Hey, you know, who's your coach? What are you, you know, you're doing great with this and blah, 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 cheering them on. You know, what are you doing to develop yourselves in other ways? Have you started eating healthy? How's your sleep? What do you do for work? Are you stressed? Asking somebody these questions. That's all stuff. Now you're impo- positively impacting other people and you're becoming an actual like essential piece of the community, your community, like Dublin, Columbus, friendship, everything that you're a part of. You're now becoming an essential cog in that machine of driving the ball forward. But I think one of the big problems with our society is they think that they don't matter. They think that their influence doesn't matter. It does. It matters a lot. How you react to people at you know Chipotle when you're in line and everything's frustrating you and it's a long line and then right when you get to the front of the line, an online order comes up and they start doing a 10-piece online order instead of servicing you. It's an easy thing to start getting frustrated about. 
But if you smile and you ask them how their day's going, you start talking to them a little bit, start learning that on Friday, one of my favorite Chipotle employees got induced after being two weeks <laughs> past her due date. And you're just able to talk her through that. And, you know, we were lucky to have a lot of post-pregnancy things and little tips that you can give them and bring some positivity into their life. You know, maybe that person is going to spend those two or three weeks listening to that podcast that I gave them. Right. Rather than, you know, binge watching, you know, God, I don't know. What's the what's the terrible show? The Kardashians. Right. <laughs> it's like that's going to put her in one mindset. The, the alternative that I offered her, maybe that's going to help impact her. Um, you know, and that's that's all you guys can hope for. So uh, this one was a little bit more tactical. I wanted you guys to start thinking about some of this stuff, start taking action on some of this stuff. Um, so different people, different places. You guys are maybe going to have different homework pieces for all this. Uh, but I hope that this one, uh, this one was one of those ones that came to me while I was in the process. So I literally accomplished step three after my step two, after my step one. So this morning was all input. I was reading and listening to podcasts. I meditated after my brain started to get a little foggy before I was going to program. And then as I was meditating, boom, light bulb came on. And then here I am outputting, trying to help influence you guys. So anyway, hope you guys have a fantastic week. Love you. And uh, excited to uh, really get after it this week. And, you know, we're full swing of summer now. A lot of fun stuff coming up. Resiliency seminar, uh, pool party, and some weddings, all sorts of fun stuff. So hope you guys are having a great, uh, great summer so far. Thank you